Anytime you start something new, the first words are never going to be the one you remember. So welcome, hello, greetings. I guess that's how you start a podcast. It's been like years since I started a brand new podcast, but we're doing that today. It's the first edition of the show, Being Jew-ish. And we have to explain what it is. We'll do that in this first episode, and we'll explain how we got here and what we're doing with this podcast. My name is Seth Everett. He is David Weisberg. Hello. (laughs) Already he's cutting me off. That's how we roll. Had a proper introduction for him, but now I will say just how are you, buddy? I'm no, good. I'm glad we're doing this. I'm glad we Me started too. this. Uh, I'm glad that uh, how we got to this this point, we come from very opposite ends of the, the spectrum. You're a rabbi. I am not. <laughs> um, You're I'm an American. Say, I'm the guy who sneaks iPhones into bar mitzvahs to see hockey scores. Like that. that's the level of who I am. But... Uh, I have been overwhelmed, and I've come to you um, very often uh, by just the amount of hate and garbage there has been, both online and in real life. There have been attacks. There have been anti-Semitism that has come out. And I don't want to say that this is just an anti-Semitism podcast, but that's kind of how the idea of let's do a podcast started. This is what's really getting at you, and you want to unpack and be able to process a little bit. And just the idea that, you know, we could do that, um, I thought was important. Um, You know, we we mentioned when we did that promo, you came on one of my podcasts. I have a sports podcast called Sports with Friends. When Kyrie Irving, the uh, basketball player, uh, posted uh, a video uh, promoting this film, uh, this anti-Semitic film. And I didn't even know these films existed. I I, I was living in a bubble. And I mean, I we, thought... we were in this Northeast corridor, uh, right? Uh, in New Jersey, we have a strong Jewish population. We have good diversity. We have, uh, we have an inclusive community where, for the most part, we don't, or we haven't had to deal with this garbage. But th- I guess that's my question. Um, is this something that's a new phenomenon? And I'm not just talking about Kyrie Irving. Is 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 it because social media is amplifying it more? Are we seeing this more? Has there been a growth? Is there a statistic? And I didn't ask you to bring numbers to this, but has there been a growth in anti-Semitism in the last, I want to say, three to five years? Or is this something that has just been amplified because of the advent of things like TikTok? It, I think it depends how we define amplification. A growth in recorded acts of anti-Semitism, violent or spoken, uh, written, uh, however we want to define this. Yes, there is an enormous increase in reported acts of anti-Semitism throughout the United States and the world. Uh, all you have to do is go to the Anti-Defamation League's website and just look at their data. That being said... I don't know what the rate of amplification is or growth in anti-Semitic statements being made here or there. I don't know that it's the spread or influence of social media, but where that does seem to make an impact is in the platforms that people are receiving, right? 
folks like Kyrie Irving typically would not get a platform in a newspaper for writing op-eds, right? Prior to social media, what platform would he, he have? The occasional press conference, which would probably be focused on the game right? Maybe something on his personal life from the tabloids. We wouldn't, he wouldn't have Twitter to be able to make pronouncements that the world gets to see uh, in a moment and then spread around. So many people whose voices really have not typically been those that would spread like wildfire now have that kind of access, as do we. There are, there are groups being formed and again, call me naive. There are groups that are formed that are their main purpose is white supremacy. And white supremacy is very connected to anti-Semitism. It's also very anti-black. It's very anti-Asian. It's very anti-Indian. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it goes that that's where this goes way beyond just Judaism. And I, I, I think that's where the part of this podcast uh, we have to establish some ground rules. The whole idea of what you and I were trying to do when we started talking about this was we're not sitting here trying to just spread the gospel. Like that's your day job. Like that, that's, that's not what I, I don't walk around uh, with, with a Jewish star and, and try to start telling everybody that I'm Jewish. You know, one of the things that's happened in my life, and I remember uh, an argument I had with my father, who I lost recently, uh, about it was when I changed my name. You know, my legal name uh, and my professional name are different. And the reason is, is because you can't pronounce my regular name, my re- my legal name. It's hard to pronounce. Well, this and, is uh, the challenge that we clergy often have, of just trying to figure out how to pronounce everyone's name right. and then remember the correct right, right. Especially when they pass away. Like I, I can imagine. Well, we have a lot of them. Yeah, they, like these people, it's their like their time of mourning, and you're like, is, is that a G? Is that G silent? Like, uh, what, how, do you, how do you pronounce that name? Wait, Seth. For the record, have you ever announced your last name in a podcast forum, or uh, have you just gone by Everett? in a podcast never i think never. we need to go public with your last name i no, mean my I last name's so. on the table yeah um <laughs> but the funny the funny part of of that when i changed it it was solely because of pronunciation um I, you know i've told the story before this i've told dozens of times my senior year in high school i grew up in uh, new jersey i went to marlboro high school um famous for dan klecko and jim nance um and I was I won the uh, New Jersey State uh, Public Speaking Championship. Uh, I was a state champion in forensics, and uh, at the ceremony they butchered my last name. And I go to college, and on my first day of freshman year, the dean makes this big address. You know, he speaks to all the incoming freshmen, and he says, "Well, you know, if there's one thing you learn about this industry, it's name recognition." And I was like, "People cannot pronounce my name. This is this is brutal." And so I had a professor who gave me the idea to use my middle name. Mm. Uh, th- th- that's not the point. The point was uh, my middle name was Everett. And so I, I used it. I tried out for a TV station, uh, campus, you know, a campus TV station. I wound up uh, getting the gig and I thought it was a good luck charm. So I did it. Now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 49 years old and I've been Seth Everett longer than I haven't been. The point was my father uh, came up, my parents came up for like a visiting weekend. 
and they're in campus. And I said, by the way, I got this gig at a TV station. And oh, by the way, uh, they call me Seth Everett. And my father said, is that because you're trying to hide being Jewish? And I said, no. And I appreciated that he asked, you know, rather than just assumed. But I'm not here to start saying that I want there to even be more Jews. I don't care. I don't need to see, I don't need to live in a community with more Jewish people. That's not what it is. What I don't want to live in a world with is I don't want to see people who are Jewish getting graffiti on their house, getting punched and physically attacked. And what I don't want to see is the trolling online because it is remarkably ugly. And I don't want to see it for all races, but I don't represent all races. This is just what I know. Right. And so that's when I came to you. I appreciate that. There's a lot to unpack here. Um, You know, what you just most recently came to was this sense of connection that a lot of us, a lot of us different minorities are going through this kind of hatred. Uh, We have been experiencing anti-Semitism in some form for a very, very, very long time, and it morphs, and yet it still has the same tropes over and over and over again. And we go through phases where it rises, and then it, it doesn't go away, we've learned, right? It, it just it becomes quashed, it, it becomes silenced, and then it rises up periodically again. I do hope that in going through this wave, we learn that while we are not experiencing what other groups are, I think we only actually conquer all of this hate if we can band together as minorities and finally just do the work of developing mutual understanding and respect and setting a principle that we do not accept this kind of hate against any people because we need to be able to be there for others. We need to be able to do that work. We don't get there if we just do it on behalf of ourselves. And uh, to be more self-interested about this, we need other people standing up for us. If all we have uh, speaking out against anti-Semitism are Jews and people who want Jewish support, we're not going to get anywhere. No, you're not going to accomplish anything. The recent stories in Tennessee um, floored me. Uh, the anti-drag uh, queen legislation. Uh, absolutely absurd. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I saw about three weeks ago Lizzo, who I absolutely adore. Um, who doesn't? I, uh, how can you not like Lizzo? Um, she, uh, she brought a bunch of uh, drag performers onto the stage mm. uh, at her concert in Tennessee, and I thought that was great. And I I don't think I've ever worn a dress. I don't think I've ever been to a drag show. I don't think I know anybody that performs in drag. I have no connection to this. But when I saw these people getting ostracized, it infuriated me. And it's the same feeling that when I saw a swastika on a house. It's the same feeling. 
And so you don't have to be Jewish to listen to this. You don't have to be uh, Catholic. You don't have to be Muslim. You don't have to, you don't, it doesn't matter. What your religion is, is not what defines you unless you want it to. And you have two sides. Again, you have hate is hate is hate is hate. And it will have different forms. It will have different faces, but it's the same disgusting sentiment uh, that we can unpack that leads to all of them. And yet we also have to differentiate. And each people's experience of this hate is also unique. And you can't really dive in without talking about their experiences in the form that it takes. And there are aspects of hate that are uniquely Jewish, uh, both in terms of what we experience, but also what is uh, attributed to us, what is placed upon us. There is a paper that everyone should read called Skin in the Game by uh, a journalist uh, by the name of Eric Ward that is uh, incredibly moving. I heard him speak uh, at a conference by Trua, which is the organization formerly known as uh, Rabbis for Human Rights, uh, where I was completely floored. He is, At that point, he was a journalist with the Ford Foundation. It's important to know for the sake of this story that he is African-American. And he went, and I put air quotes around this because I'm not sure how else to approach it. He went undercover with air quotes to a white supremacist convention of sorts in the West. Uh, and you hear someone who is black going to a white supremacist convention and it's, how does that work, right? How do you show up? And he, he said that he was shocked to be welcomed and they were so glad to have them, to have him there. You know, some made the case, oh, we're not against black people. We just want a place that is uniquely white for us and you can have your place. But the bigger message that he shared with us. Oh my God. I mean, I can't imagine saying that out loud. Uh, that's what I like you, Seth. There, there are people who uh, can, sadly. The bigger message was them saying, you're not the person we have the real problem with. The real problem is the Jews, because the Jews are the reason why all of these other, I don't remember what term he used, but I'll throw in these inferior groups to them. The Jews are the reason why all of them have risen up. That without the Jews, the whites would not have the problem that they do with everyone wow. else. That we are the ultimate to blame. You know, in medieval Europe, one of the theories behind this is that we were the insidious ones. Other minorities you could see. They looked different. They sounded different. We fit in. So we were the dangerous ones because we could sneak in there and change things up. And the part that I find most sad about this is, you know, of course they're wrong. And at the same time, we have been present fighting. You know, Jews have been involved in the civil rights movement. We've been involved in fighting for LGBT rights, right? We... We fight on behalf of other minorities, so there is a Jewish support for the other groups rising up because that is something that we believe in deeply. We don't do that in a sinister way. We do that because the world is better if all human beings can be uh, treated with dignity and respect and have a place in this nation. But there is 
something about anti-Semitism that places us a little bit differently, that we are seen to both be uh, someone who should be victimized and treated uh, like a, a plague upon society, and yet we are also all powerful and can control things, right? Uh, we all know the protocols of the elders of Zion, uh, that, that we are basically put in whatever position we need to be put into to be that ultimate of evils that exists on the plane of human existence, which is frightening and disturbing. I saw a talk with a friend of mine who's a, a Black activist, and they were talking about how comparing, you know, what activism is like now compared to what it was like during the time of Malcolm X and and Martin Luther King. What about anti-Semitism now? You know, people talk about the Holocaust, right? You, you know, the Holocaust was not a hundred years ago. And it was this this horrific thing that happened. But many generations now are starting to pass where it's something that you learn in a history book and that that's that's what it's becoming and what i wonder is how will we know if the groups that are rising have the same rhetoric that the nazis had how will we know as a people who will be responsible enough to recognize the red flags that these neo-Nazi groups sound like the same people. I mean, I think we all know. The challenge for all of us is that we cannot live in denial. We also can't let any of this stop us from living as we need to live. And I'll come to that back to that in a moment. I think we have learned over the past near decade now that when politicians say something awful, we should not brush it off and say they are just blowing hot air, right? When people say things, we should take them seriously because they mean what they say, even if they are not planning to say what they are and they are uh, they just shout things out, those words come from somewhere real. And that we have to take people seriously if they are not in power we have to be very careful we have to be vigilant and uh, you know take things seriously and then if it proves to not have been a real threat fantastic but we can't afford to go the other way about it people have shown that there's some people who are very good and there's some people who mean to do awful things at the uh, soonest opportunity and for the sake of all of us, we have to do something about it before it gets out of hand. We have the good fortune right now uh, where things are different from, let's say, Nazi Germany or even America uh, back in the 20s and 30s. That There is not the uh, there is no systemic anti-Semitism in the laws of this this nation. Right. We have politicians who are definitely demonstrating it, but the current legal system, the current mode of operation for this government does not allow that to pervade how things work. There, you know, we have the police showing up at our synagogues and 
Jewish institutions and events to make sure that we are cared for and safe and they want to be on our side. So that is an advantage that we have. That is a way that things are different. But we have to be vigilant and we have to pay attention and we have to make sure that nothing goes without a reasonable response to make sure that the issue does not get out of hand. At the same time, we cannot let this define us, right? It is a danger, but if all we become as Jews are those who are forced inward and forced to shove up walls to defend ourselves, then we lose our identity, right? I am not a Jew because of anti-Semitism, because there are those who hate me. I was very uh, privileged as a kid to not encounter anti-Semitism. I'd heard stories of it, but uh, I really didn't see it until college when it was uh, in the form of uh, anti-Zionism, but really we Jews were targeted because we were associated with Israel. Um, I did not experience anti-Jewish anti-Semitism really until this recent wave right now. I am where I am Jewishly because we have an incredibly rich tradition, religion, ethnicity, culture, people. There is so much in here that gives meaning to life that can help us do better as people and uh, in this world that is uh, valuable uh, in terms of its insights and counsel, not only for Jews, but for people everywhere. There are great principles that we can learn from. And I, I refuse to let anti-Semitism and hate curb what we do. And for synagogues, this is actually the difficult line that we're walking now if you go to europe and you go to a synagogue they've got walls up they've got very visibly armed security at those doors and often as a tourist you have to call ahead and send in a photocopy of your passport just to be admitted they are built but after the shooting in pittsburgh that there have been there's police presence anytime i was at a synagogue this weekend i went to a friend's bar mitzvah and there were there was a police officer there yes However, you can also just come in too, right? That here in North America, we have Oh, you're saying so any joker can come off the street? As long as you come through and you don't appear to be a danger, yes, you can come in. Europe, it is not so much. Europe, they are fortresses. Here, we still have this principle that a religious institution is to be a sanctuary, which means all those in need, not just Jewish, should be able to come in and find safe haven. Right. This is particularly relevant when uh, we had the ICE detentions uh, a few years back where we were not we uh, my synagogue specifically, our synagogue specifically, but uh, home houses of worship in this country. uh, We were giving safe harbor to people who needed it. And now in this era where we have to be much more vigilant, we're all trying to find that balance between keeping out those who would seek to hurt us but still holding to our mission of being a sacred home where people can find that safe sacred space uh, of god and of community that's the challenge that we're that we all have to figure out now one of the things that i hope that you'll tell in the episodes to come uh number one how you decided to become a rabbi you told me that once over some cocktails i just wonder if the story is as good sober um <laughs> number two let's see how my storytelling goes uh, i'm i'm very curious to know um 
how you conceptualize your sermons. Mm. I find that fascinating. Um, you know, one thing, if, if, if you're Jewish and you're listening to this, and I'm assuming at least in the beginning, anybody who's listening knows one of us, um, you know, the, the part of a service of any service that I look forward to is I want to hear what whoever is the rabbi, uh, you know, presiding over the service. I, I'm curious, what is he going to say? And is it going to be something that intrigues me or, or moves me? You know, whatever it is. Um, I'm always interested in how did you come to that decision? And another thing I think we should do on the podcast is how do you choose what causes that you take interest in representing both yourself but also representing the temple that you work for because you know like we were talking about the tennessee thing that's just something we saw on the news but there's things that happen all the time and you know your your job is you chose where you 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 live and you applied for this job here um how many years have you been working in new jersey uh, in New Jersey, I guess uh, eleven years now, and four years oh. uh, nearly at Temple Ben Abraham. Wow. Um, you know, one of the things that that we can uh, we we talk about another time. You know, there's all these um, anti-trans uh, uh, laws in certain states, and you know what I say to anybody who is living in those states. Why, why are you living there? And obviously there's economic reasons and sociological reasons and all these different things, but, you know, people choose to live in a place because you want to be comfortable. And right now I would think certain States are very uncomfortable for certain types of people. How does that impact, um, you know, how, how, how you live? And I, I think those are all future topics uh, for the podcast. Um, I think, like, like I said, it oh, sounds mm -hmm. like uh, to now dive into another one of your podcasts, you're looking for a lot of origin stories. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think we'll need an origin story from you as well. Right. Uh, you know, what brought you into this world of broadcasting and are as much as Judaism may not be always present in your conscious thinking, it is also part of who you are very much sure. and let's unpack that and see where that fits in you know i i think it's good in looking at sermons how do we choose any topic how do we at some point how do we approach our topics oh, I, for I this find podcast that too? We, right. we we could record an episode while you're writing one that could be a fascinating episode i i'd be <laughs> god that help be, you all god be... help you all <laughs> well here's the challenge some sermons get a lot of thought beforehand some sermons get rewritten in my head during the service. So that one, uh, oh, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes we just need to pivot. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> well, we're glad that uh, we're glad that you're with us here. Uh, like I said, uh, if you are a fan of social media, um, you can find you can find me on uh, any one of a number of platforms uh, right now uh, before Elon destroys Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Seth underscore Everett. Uh, used to be verified, but uh, now um, only my burner accounts verified. Um, uh, also, Facebook and Instagram and all those other fancy uh, uh, social media platforms. Uh, you're you're all over the social media too, right? 
Absolutely. But since, uh, you know, speaking about last names, Weisberg, my last name is difficult uh, in spelling, not always instinctive. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes. Seth, we'll put sure. your uh, your social media links in the show notes as well so people can follow us. Sounds great. And uh, again, um, it's a brand new podcast. So the only thing we can ask you folks, uh, especially if you're listening and you've been listening to the other podcast, you know, uh, the way iTunes works is they market podcasts from ratings and reviews. So if you can go to the iTunes page uh, and uh, give us a, a positive rating, let's like five stars and uh, say something nice, say something nice about Mr. Weisberg here. Um, I believe that's Rabbi Weisberg. So, that'll help uh, iTunes decide <laughs> to market this podcast. And uh, that's something that we could all use uh, some help with. We'll see. We'll see. To me, it's not how many people listen to the podcast. It's who listens to the podcast. And that is something that we can uh, definitely benefit from. Uh, have yourself a great week. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Oh, yeah. And everyone, if there are topics you want us to explore or cover as well, uh, we are all on this journey of being Jewish. Uh, whether or not that means Jewish adjacent or actually Jewish and figuring out our own identities. We all have questions. We all have things we want to explore. So uh, send your topics to us and uh, we'll dive in. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.